Timmy, I'm not your podcast host. I'm an illusion of them from another universe. We need your help to cover everything, everywhere, all at once. Coming up next. Haven't seen it with Tim Sestito and Tommy Tevening. Hello, everybody. Welcome on in. Thank you all so much for listening today. We appreciate you coming on in and stopping by. This is a podcast where one of us is watching a movie for the very first time. And this week, it is both of us because this is a new release. This is everything, everywhere, all at once. Tommy, how you doing? Pretty good. Uh, I mean, if we want to get into semantics, this is both our second time seeing it. But oh. uh, yeah, have, haven't seen it twice now, I guess, for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> but yep. it's still a great, a great movie. And there's a reason why we saw this twice. Uh, we both really liked it. Spoiler alert for the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if you're going to complain, oh, they're seeing it twice. That's that. That's not what I was told this podcast was about. <laughs> put it on twitter i, I don't care i don't care Imme- like, immediately do, whatever, tweet at us. <laughs> do whatever you want i i don't care I, I, if you're gonna freak haven't out about seen it. it is full of shit and how dare they lie about their premise yes no. exactly <laughs> guess what i am i make the rules on the show motherfucker that's what i do okay it's, it's our show baby it's our it's show our, it's our show we can do whatever the hell we want <laughs> and speaking of social media you should follow us on twitter and at instagram at seen it pod can also you know subscribe to us on spotify or apple or wherever the hell you get your podcasts leave us a little five-star review we'd greatly appreciate it anyway this is everything everywhere all at once mom just wait no time to wait very busy across the multiverse i've seen thousands of evelyn's bigger than you realize. Do you think this is funny? There's no going back. Of all the places I could be, I just want to be here with you. Yeah, so I just realized this listening to this trailer sound. I hate new tv spot trailers because they just put all the dialogue on as like title cards on the screen like give me a little voiceover give me a little action and cut it in with the where's our trailer guy (laughs) yeah what what happened we just run out of guys i think i have a good enough voice to do trailer voice i can get down in a world where everything happens all at once in a world (laughs) where tommy (laughs) tevany eats chipotle and he's sitting in traffic one man will do anything to get to his toilet on time. No, so this is everything, everywhere, all at once. It's directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Shiner, collectively known as the Daniels. That's what you'll see on the movie trailer. Um, they had all the only feature they had directed before this was Swiss Army Man, which had uh, Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe. 
great movie saw in theaters um, fantastic so. movie it, it's that one is not for everybody yeah. a lot of people will have a hard time connecting with it which is very different from this movie because this movie is all about family and to quote the late great carrie fisher talking about the last jedi it's about family and that's what makes it so powerful <laughs> that's my fucking album oh. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I mean, this is definitely a lot more uh, universal and more um, like easier to go down than uh, Swiss Army Man, which was about a guy who's on a fucking desert island and finds like a corpse that uh, farts and stuff like that. And the farting like fucking saves him off the island. It, it was a bizarre movie. So, I mean, these guys definitely deal with the pe- uh, peculiar and fucking bizarre ass choices. But in this movie it's for the best and it's for the most hilarious and just great every this is a multiverse movie spoiler um (laughs) and each multiverse is just a zany and just insane and so 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 tommy i want to give a little bit of a spoiler free We'll, we'll we'll dive deep into this movie but just overall thoughts for for me um i loved it the this movie was maybe everything I needed right now as much as it was everything I wanted out of it and more. Um, all at once. All And all at once, yeah. You know, when you yeah. have words like everything everywhere, they just kind of, you know, you just use those in regular everyday life and then they just become, you know, we, we didn't plan this out. We're just It's just banter, folks. Um, this movie... It's podcasting. <laughs> I, we're going to do spoiler-free, but it, it's going to be brief because... I believe the best way to go into this movie is to see it completely blind. Know as little as you possibly can about this movie because it is just a roller coaster of an experience. And just to give a brief synopsis a laundromat owner is struggling and she has an IRS audit and she's contacted by a different dimension who believes that she can restore order to their multiverse. That's basically it, that's the full premise. It's a kung fu movie and a family drama wrapped into one. It's one of the most creative movies I've ever seen. It's one of the best uses of a small budget I've ever seen. This movie had a $25 million budget. It looks like it looks better than most Marvel movies, in my estimation. It's insane. It's insane to think about that. I mean, it just shows that like there's not enough like mid-tier action movies that much anymore. You have like your shitty um like bruce willis direct a video like red box well, okay T- listen if we're gonna dive into the bruce willis thing please note that bruce willis just came out with a uh condition you know with his uh, memory oh yeah set, yeah which is yeah. why he was retiring which is very clearly why he was doing that with the guy for that inspired turtle he was the one who was running it red letter media did a whole <laughs> deep dive they watched every single one of the bruce willis direct yeah. video you can find it on youtube they're all terrible and like they did two episodes basically one was like all of them and then the last two were like on the later ones where it started to come out that bruce willis was going to retire and he's like what was happening yeah these memory (laughs) issues and they touched upon it in the first one they're like we don't want to speculate here but it looks like bruce willis doesn't really give a shit and it he probably didn't, but he also probably didn't really know what was going on. But let's, yeah, I, yeah. but that, that's 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 not the point of it. But yeah, but basically, like, there's like the, there's that tier of action movies, and then there's like the big budget Marvel ones, and like we don't really have good like mid budget like twenty five million ones. And this was one of the best action movies I've seen in a while, if I um, easily without it's, a doubt. It's, it's one of the best movies I've seen in years, to be honest with you. Yeah, 
yeah let alone action movies just movie movies in general so i mean i haven't seen a movie this creative in a while and this just zany where it gives you a little bit of everything there's like definitely great action beats there's hilarious comedy beats where you're like you're laughing out loud and just like what the fuck is going on on screen in the best possible way (laughs) um and you know you have a little bit of like thrilling at like even like little horror sequences and stuff like that like slightly in the movie so it just gives you a literally like the title says everything (laughs) yeah and it shows that what it it makes me respect the daniels even more because like swiss army man was like this creative little thing obviously not for everybody but they made it because they loved the concept and this was for it was for them this movie is like a love letter and is going to put them on a different tier regardless of how well it does at the box office just because a24 movies will always kind of not there i don't even know if an a24 movies ever broken 100 million at the box office um i think they're not making marvel money (laughs) you can say that uh well as of right now this movie's been doing it's doing decent money i mean um it has 35 million uh domestic and international 3 million so worldwide of 38 so okay take i guess yeah it, it, for a 25 million dollar budget absolutely but it also had like the first three weeks it was out it was a it was a limited release it, and then now it just it's been wide for two or three weeks and they just added which an is IMAX. why we're covering it now <laughs> they just did an imax which was you and i got to see it in imax which was awesome to see if you want to watch this movie and you just wanted to get a little taste for our opinions hit that pause button Stop working. Go to your boss and say, hey, my stomach, I I don't got it. Drive to your nearest movie theater. Make your stomach feel bad with a bunch of popcorn, a bunch of candy. Be that slob in the theater at 2 o'clock, 2.30, whatever time the screening's showing, and go see this movie. Yeah, I'm not going to give you my final score because I got got a little treat in store for you on that one. But see it. If you want a spoiler-free review go see this movie is mine there it is so we especially want you to do this if you listen to this episode years from now and the movie's not even in theaters just demand them to go into the theater and be like show me this fucking movie right now <laughs> you don't show me this movie i'm going to you don't even know the anger i'm going to show you on twitter.com anyway yeah. that's our spoiler so, free and if you keep listening and then you go movie spoiled me well spoiler alert we warned you okay spoiler out there (laughs) so this film stars michelle yao uh as evelyn she is the main character so i listened to an interview with the daniels and they said they were stunned to find out that this is the first time she's had a leading role in a western movie all of her leading all of her leading roles have come from hong kong in any european or any american production this is the first time she's ever gotten the opportunity to show her chops as the leading woman it seems insane but when you think about it i mean like um of like western movies she's been in she was like crazy rich asian recently which obviously blew up um she was in the mummy the tomb of the dragon emperor so i mean she wasn't like the dragon emperor i think she was uh, whatever and she was in guards of the galaxy too which i don't remember but yeah when you think about it western wise like she hasn't really been a starring role. She's been more like the Bond girl or something like that, or like yeah. the supporting character. The supporting, a- like when you go to Asia, she's the martial arts expert that's going to 
you know, help your protagonist. It, it's surprising she's not in Batman Begins in the temple, wherever they, whatever yeah, that yeah. thing's called. Um, but she, Russell Ghoul's shit. She owns a laundromat, and it's not, it's not doing hot. They're getting audited by the IRS. She has a very strained relationship with her daughter Stephanie, who's Joy, who's played by Stephanie Hissu Hugh. I don't know. And she's married to Waymond Kehe Kwong, who is, you'll know him best, a short round from Indiana Jones. He was also in The Goonies. And then you haven't heard from him from 30 years. And he Basically. made his triumphant return. I think one of the th- things I did hear was that crazy rich Asians kind of inspired him to start looking again to getting back into acting because he's been out of it for so long. He saw how big that movie was and he said, I would have been perfect in this. Like, why aren't I trying to get back into acting? And so, I... yeah. So basically what happened was like, uh, he did those two movies, Goonies and Temple of Doom, uh, two movies I haven't seen. So potential future episodes for us. But anyways, uh, so he sees uh, Crazy Witch Asians uh, comes out in 2018 and he retired pretty much in 2001 because there wasn't really a lot of roles out there for um, Asian actors like him, unfortunately. Um, so he pivoted more to stunt coordination. Like he helped out with the stunt coordination for a Jet Li movie. I think it's called The One. And he was like the stunt coordinator and did a lot of that and more like behind the scenes type stuff with movies for a while. So Crazy Rich Asians comes out in 2018 and he sees that and it basically just gets back in his head, like being like, I need to get back into acting. So he calls his friend who's an agent and said, you want to rep me? His friend says, yes. And then about like two weeks later, he literally gets a call about everything everywhere all at once. And he's like, holy crap, like Michelle Yao, she's, uh, she was in Crazy Rich Agents. This is why I want to get back into it. So it's kind of funny how, like, how it came into it. Uh, the directors, the Daniels, uh, they were struggling to find this character because really they need someone who could do drama, comedy, be bilingual, uh, martial artist, and then also be convincingly dopely and sweet. So it's kind of hard to find that combination. And basically what happened was the directors uh, one of the directors was on twitter and he found it saw a gif of kihi kwan as short round in indiana jones and he was like huh that guy must be like around the age of this character it was like you know it's like mid 50s by now like what what the fuck is he up to <laughs> and that's pretty much how he got the role <laughs> so Twitter, Twitter gifts to the rescue. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things that the Daniels said was that this movie took them six years to get made because they spent a really long time perfecting the script, which I definitely understand because this movie is definitely not best on page. You know what I mean? It's definitely mm-hmm. better to see it. It's got to be really hard to pitch to some really established actors because you have Michelle Yao, and then you have James Hong, who's he's been in everything. He's been a you know character actor in a million movies. I think his IMDb is over two hundred. Uh, yeah, everything di- from uh, Big Trouble in Little China to that famous episode of Seinfeld where they're in the Chinese restaurant. He plays the host. That's so, right. I mean, uh, James Hong's been around forever. He's pretty much at this point like a Hollywood le- a legend. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a legend among character actors, but. They were saying that they felt he had a lot more range and a lot he could had a lot more chops for the drama side of things, and they felt that Hollywood wasn't really u- utilizing him that way, which I definitely agree with, especially after seeing this. And they also got Jamie Lee Curtis, which is probably on from the western side the biggest pull, 
So do you want to know the story of why Jamie Lee Curtis signed on to this movie? Tell me, tell me. <laughs> they, they told, they, you know, they reached out to her and they, and she said, Oh, Michelle Yao's doing this. I, I want to work with her. That That's why she did it. She's like, I read your script. I don't know what's going on, but I'll do it. And then the first scene that they shot with her was the, was in the IRS scene. Like, and she's like, oh, okay, I think I get a little bit about what's going on here. And then they filmed at the laundromat, and she goes, I think I understand a little bit better. And then after the release, and they, she saw the movie for the first time, she's like, yeah, now I understand this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it took her a while. It's kind of funny for actors, because you imagine like they filmed this out of sequence, where it's just like, okay, wait, wait, so wait, I have hot dog fingers in this scene, why? Um, yeah. well, one of the things that Daniel said that they kept reiterating to the cast was that each different multiverse, so basically the way the multiverse works, it was every decision leads to a different point in your life. So if you had made X, Y, and Z decisions, you could have been a, a hibachi chef, you could have been a kung fu star, you could have been a sign spinner, you could have been any you could have been a geisha singer it could have been any one of these different things so in this verse evelyn is so bad at everything she ended up being the perfect evelyn to help uh uh bring down uh jobu tupatsu who is actually just her daughter in the multiverse who is just aimlessly drifting about um but they said you know, to tell the actors, he said, well, listen, everything's going to have a different aspect ratio. It's going to have a different cinematography. It's going to have different musical scores. It's going to have different, pretty much everything about it down to like the film lens saying like visually in the language of film, the audience is going to understand that they're in a different dimension because it's going to be that distinct. And it definitely shows, um, some of the movies that they actually influenced, Tommy last week took notes. So I took notes from Tommy and I took some notes this week. On a little hey, paper. notebook, you got a little paper. <laughs> I, yeah, I, got, I just got like a sheet of paper with a bunch of scribbled things. So the hot dog finger multiverse, which is probably my favorite on repeat viewings. That was so funny. It's so funny, but at the same time, it's like almost like creepy to, to an extent. Like when I was watching it on Sunday, I was kind of like almost like, oh, this is kind of like unsettling in a way. <laughs> oh, yeah. So everybody has hot dogs for fingers. So they're very good with their feet. And I'm watching it with Tommy and they're playing the she's playing the piano with her feet. And I was like, Tarantino came on set and he shot <laughs> this section of the movie where she's like, uh, Michelle Yao takes her up and she wipes a tear off jamie lee curtis's um <laughs> tarantino's like my favorite scene in the movie oh my god <laughs> so in this in that multiverse evelyn is in a lesbian relationship with uh deirdre who is jamie lee curtis the irs agent and it was shot to be like the movie carol which is from 2015 and it stars kate blanchett and uh, kate mara or maybe rooney Mar one of the maras and that's about like a photographer in the 1950s getting into a lesbian relationship with an older woman in New York City. So they took that style film wise and they put it into this little uh, into this little vignette. And then there's probably the most fun one was Raccoonatui, where Michelle Yao is a uh, hibachi chef and she's, you know, slicing and dicing and do, doing all these things. And, but she's getting bested by one of 
the other chefs there and she walks into the kitchen and there's a raccoon pulling him on his head and and you know directing him you know similar to the children's movie ratatouille um so you would think oh this probably follows ratatouille no they actually based the film on mostly magnolia but all 90s paul thomas anderson movies that that was their <laughs> that like, was directing the that was the visual that they were going for and like the directing style and the pacing and it shows there I, I do have to shout out that this is a movie that had the raccoon is voiced by randy newman of all fucking people <laughs> was that was randy newman oh that's so yeah good. as the raccoon, and I, the raccoon I noticed like, the like the musical beats felt like very randy newman when he was getting dragged yeah. away from the restaurant um, <laughs> like almost like you got a friend like oh no <laughs> and, and then there, there's a scene with where they go and they're rocks and it's probably that one might of have most, been my favorite um, that's one cause... of the most emotional moments in the movie in my opinion um where they are just sitting there with rocks and they filmed it like it's a national geographic documentary and they... apparently it was so hot on set that day that uh one of the director's shoes literally fucking melted really well because they probably filmed (laughs) it out in the california you know in the desert somewhere in la yeah and just like very intense or something where it's just like uh and then the other one that i i noticed and heard and because they said that there's like a hundred movies in this in this movie but i'm not clever enough to know them all um there's the alphaverse which is where um waymond uh, who, who's played by Kehi Kwan as her husband is, uh, you know, completely changes, you know, in the, the universe you're brought into initially, he's very timid, very kind, but, you know, total pushover, not an alpha male that when alpha Wayman comes in, it's a different performance, which is, I mean, which is yeah. why he's so good in this. He comes in from the alpha verse. When you see him in the alpha verse, it's literally the matrix in the pod. He's got like the glasses with the helmet over his head and you got people on the computers next to him on where the drop points are so those were like some of the bigger like stylistic influences that they were able to kind of cram into this movie i also want to say that i love how they did the multiverse because i think when you think of multiverses you're gonna go to brick and morty i think that's the biggest example of well the directors when they're when they're making this movie, uh, they're so pissed off because uh, basically they're writing this movie for like we said like six years or something like that, maybe even a little longer. And then they're watching Rick and Morty season two, and one of the directors said, "I literally had to stop watching Rick and Morty because I was getting so pissed off because I was like, they're taking all our fucking ideas. We thought that we had this original idea about multiverse, and this happens, and then Spider Man into the Spider Verse happens, and they're like these fuckers. And they they were convinced for a minute being like." I guess like the multiverse isn't that original of a concept or something like I guess everyone else has their ideas. <laughs> well, I think they actually do handle the multiverse in a very unique way. Um, I mentioned Agreed. it before that Evelyn, you know, the reason they picked her to stop Jobu Tobatsu is that she is bad at everything. So if she had only taken X different life paths, she'd be you know, a much different person instead of running a failing laundromat and somewhere in California. I like that it was based off of the life choices that you're pulling these skills from. So basically you have to do this ridiculous thing where it starts with like opening up a, a, a lip balm and taking a bite out of it and swallowing it. And then you're able to connect. You always have to do these ridiculous things to be able to access another 
universe and basically become fractured when they do it in this movie it, it i just like that it's like that it's not like oh this is dimension 101.2 or whatever you know what i mean it's well, just like basically this what is the just versus yeah oh sorry uh no, no it's all good um Basically, what the multiverse has become nowadays is just based pretty much just like IP, like whoring out, being like nostalgia whoring out, or it's just like granted, we covered uh, what's it called, uh, Spider uh, Spider Man No Way Home, and while I did like that movie, essentially that's just like, hey, remember all these old fucking actors that used to play Spider Man and used to play Green Goblin? Like, don't you want to see them again? It's pretty much just a way of just nostalgia bait. Um, whereas this is just, you know, obviously this is original IP and original movie where. They don't have any of that to go off of and they do it in a way that's a lot uh very clever and very unique and just not just shamelessly nostalgia whoring out you know <laughs> oh yeah um in you know on that point like i remember really liking into the spot which one was this uh this was what was spider verse was the which one, spider verse was the animated one no way home whichever whichever one I, I, there's too many spider-man movies oh and they're talking about bringing the andrew garfield one back please god no those were horrible <laughs> um those, he has moments to shine <laughs> listen andrew garfield's a terrific actor he's too cool to be peter parker he just is he's just like too he's too handsome and too cool and he, sorry he just is this what are you gonna do like that like i really enjoyed it and then when you sit on it and you think about it you're just like oh i really liked that they were able to actually make it It, it's kind of like endgame where it's like it's an event movie you can't really look Mm -hmm. at it as a as this crazy you know like as some like real film you know this one you can and i think it does it really successfully because it's really about a mother and a daughter that's that's what the entire concept of the movie is it's about a mother who pushes her fears and her guilts onto her daughter the same way her father did it to her and her basically having to discover every alternate version of herself to come to the conclusion of what her daughter actually needed and i think it was a really good study on you know depression and family anxiety i think movies don't often handle it well like not to say that um, Joy was depressed, but they it definitely came off that she suffered from those kind of like, you know, mental battles, mental issues without explicitly mm-hmm. saying it. And yeah. I really like how they handled that because they took, you know, bigger ideas, bigger emotions, bigger concepts, and didn't try to spell it out to you. It's just there for you to take in and the, the climax of the movie is um, Joy is trying to walk into the bag- the everything bagel. She basically, her multiverse version of herself created an, a bagel that sucks you into the void of nothing. And that's where she wants to go. She feels like her life has no aim. But at the same time, you're getting the main story, which is the, the verse that you're introduced to in the uh, at the laundromat of her wanting to break off her relationship with her mother because her mother's always been so difficult for her to handle uh, hard hard to handle um what i do like about this movie a lot of its themes is just talking about uh, nihilism in itself that the bagel pretty much represents just like okay like you know you've seen everything in the world so it's just, it's, it was a MacGuffin device, the everything bagel. It's just like, you know, it, it was a way to talk about nihilism about being too eye rolly 
So you think at first in the movie, it's just like, oh, this is, uh, you know, again, the Avengers, like the blue beaming sky out of the light, sky or something that's going to destroy the world. And then really all it is is just a depressed person just trying to destroy themselves. Yeah. So it makes it more personal in that way. And it's just, um, and I like that the character uh, of Joy is just pretty much just talking so much about just how, like, you know, once you've seen everything in the universe, nothing really matters. Yeah. And, and it's and just... It's just be- yeah, it's two different perspectives because um, Evelyn, you know, leading up to the climax of the movie, Evelyn realizes that the Wayman from her universe, while he may come off as a frail and, you know, not your typical strong man, what makes him so powerful and so strong is that he treats everybody with kind, kindness and joy. And he's always having fun no matter what. He's running a laundromat. He's putting little eyeballs on the on the bags just to make things a little goofier right and she realizes that the power comes from helping people resolve their issues their deep darkest fears you know it's powerful you really wouldn't expect that from a movie like this where you say oh it's a kung fu multiverse movie yeah this is this is a movie that like earlier we we're talking joking about how there's a hot dog universe where everyone has hot dogs for fingers and they and flap them they up had, and down. Yeah, yeah, they flap them. Oh my god! No, I, I'm not even kidding. Like as funny as it was at the same time, I was so uncomfortable at the same time, especially on second watch. Where I was like, oh, this is this is unsettling. I don't like this hot dog shit. <laughs> oh, I lo- I loved it even more the second time. Um, um, what's so funny though is that um, I didn't notice this, um, but apparently like in the hot dog universe because everyone's fingers are hot dogs and they're playing everything with the feet when you hear the music in the movie it's intentionally played very very shittily <laughs> yeah especially when you have any hand instruments it's just because obviously the hot dogs aren't the greatest to play pianos or guitars with <laughs> really yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have had any idea no so you, you know how you said like the idea of nothing matters I, I saw this movie with my cousin the first time i went and saw it and he said the best way to describe this movie is that meme. It's like the it looks like a newspaper cartoon of the guy on the bus, and one of them's like frowning and looking at like oh yeah, like the yeah, darkness, yeah. and he's frowning and it just says nothing matter, and that would be joy. And then on the other side, at the end of the movie, uh, Evelyn is looking out at the sunshine, smiling, going nothing matters. Like that that I, that is kind of a perfect uh, thing. So shout out Kevin, great meme creation we might steal yeah. it for our social media and not give you credit but a we gave you credit here so that counts triple yeah attribution um attribution whatever um so yeah no it, it basically the end of the uh, day this movie uh themes are pretty much just like even finding purpose in a life that doesn't matter in your center or in the universe that doesn't matter that like love at the end of the day is what keeps us grounded and what keeps us find a life that worth living more and more because like you said about her husband earlier about like how she realized how kind he was and how pretty much just like okay maybe things don't really matter at the grand scheme of things the grand scheme of the universe i can still find meaning for my life yeah i think we we got a little clip you sent it over to me because it's very hard to find clips for movies that just came out because there's not a lot on the internet but this is just jamie lee curtis talking about what makes this movie beautiful of joy despite all of the pyrotechnics and the fabulous cinematic flourishing and flaring at the core it's a love story between a mother who's feeling that her daughter has stepped away from so 
listen, very short, very brief. Again, not a ton to pull from here. But she just, she kind of nailed it. It's about a mother and a daughter. And I think, especially the first time you see it, you won't realize that this is where the movie's going. Because it's basically, it's two, it's three, it's screenplays three acts, but it's basically a two act, basically two act distinguished acts and a very short epilogue at the end. The first act is just like crazy Kung Fu. Also, I thought they introduced everything super well. Like the first fight scene is with a fanny pack that Wayman, Alpha vs. Wayman takes off of uh, the laundromat Wayman's thing and starts shaking it around. He goes into like the fish food and he takes the fish rocks out of the fish bowl and he puts them in to, to get a little more weight. It was so awesome. And then it it ends with her with one of the activation points for some of the agents was that they had to get these jump, put their, they had to get penetrated by essentially butt plugs. They, they had auditor of the <laughs> month awards that were literal butt plugs. It like, looked, looked exactly like a fucking butt plug right there. I mean, it, I, listen, that <laughs> was not a not so subtle jab at the kind of people that yeah. work at the IRS. We can, we can analyze films. We know a butt plug when we see one. <laughs> we know a butt plug when we see one. Tommy's, it's more his field than mine, as shown by his pick of Basic Instinct last week, but I digress. Yeah, so I mean, it's one of the things with the action in this movie that, like, um, we never really touched upon itself. Um, you know, obviously, this is an action movie, like we said. The choreography in this is just so creative, and like, it doesn't avoid the pitfalls of you know the shaky cam or like the Liam Neeson uh, jump over a fence and uh, Liam Neeson jumping over a fence in thirteen cuts or whatever. So you don't see that or anything in this. Uh, this is more clear. The punches you can see very clearly happening. You can see the action, and it keeps up with the zaniness and it's action that's really funny at the same time where it's just like i can't believe this is happening right now <laughs> yeah the the humor is there all throughout the movie and i think it's just it's very sweet towards the end and it's very fulfilling and i it's telling a story that i've never seen an action movie ever attempt to tell it was almost like they had this core idea and then said you know how can we build this out to get made so it's not some boring indie drama that that's going to be at Sundance and nobody's going to watch after. And uh, <laughs> they they knocked it out of the park. So I think we just need to, you know, dive a little more into the actors. What do you think, Tommy? I am a star. I'm a star, I'm a star, I'm a star. I am a big, bright, shining star. This one's closer than it has been in the past couple of weeks. I feel like the past couple of weeks, it's been like right, very we had, obvious. We had Brando. We had we had Sharon Stone on Basic Instinct. Very just, for people that don't know, this category is who is the star of this movie. So yeah, um, and I think it's very close between Michelle Yao and Kehi Kwan, mostly because Kehi Kwan has to change his personality the most. I think like he has to be able to go from Alphaverse Wayman to Pathetic Wayman to successful businessman Wayman, where, you know, Evelyn kind of comes off very similar across the universes. It's a terrific performance. She's, she's not doing as much um, as Kihi Kwan. Um, I, if, if I had to pick, I'd probably say Kihi Kwan because, you know, Michelle Yao, we already knew that she was great and she already, her career 
to this point has still been great. She's still been working constantly. Like she was just in uh, Shang-Chi and she was just in Crazy Rich Agents. So she's still very much into pop culture osmosis of everything. Kihi Kwan pretty much hasn't been anything notable or anything that um, the casual moviegoer would know since the Goonies. So the fact that he came back in this and he, like you said, he played pretty much very different ranges of characters. Um, every multiverse character of him was a, a, pretty much almost like a different version, a different character, and different emotions being played. And one was pathetic, one was confident, one was, you know, whatever. And it's going to get to the point, I mean, granted, you know, this movie just came out a month ago, so, you know, it remains to be seen. But I would not be shocked if we see Kiki Kwan in a lot more movies going forward. And this is going to be his comeback role, I feel like. I, I also want to say... Uh give a shout out to Stephanie Hewish Joy. We've kind of mentioned her, but we haven't really dived into her because she's a really a core element of the movie. Um, Jobu Tupatsu is basically an amalgamation of all of her. She, the Alphaverse version of her was too powerful for the Matrix or whatever you want to call it, the multiverse jumping or whatever. Yeah, And yeah. just kind of made her own control and just finding the aimlessness of her life. It, it's The multiverse is just a metaphor for the the relationship going on Between so that them. way the laundromat drama doesn't bore you to tears she was great there she was she yeah. was really good she was really powerful she does all these awesome costume changes she's um she, and just like kihi kwan she plays like very different um where jobu tabatsu uh, um jobu tabatsu is very menacing her um main character is not at all they're very much just like trying to just like get to the point of like mom why won't you accept me for who i am um she was rig- uh, originally aquafina was supposed to play this role um and i i can see it a little bit but i don't know if it would work as well because i feel like i, I know aquafina's i know aquafina had a really good movie come out i, I didn't see it it was about um like the farewell her, the farewell i heard that was fantastic i didn't watch it i haven't uh, seen it either but uh but i, I don't know if she would I mean, granted, I've only seen her in comedic roles, so yeah, you never know. But I mean, like off of what uh, I'm familiar with her with, this this felt like the correct casting choice, hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I I think you have to give it to Kehei Kwang because it's remarkable after nearly 30 years that he's able to deliver as outstanding a performance as he did. But it's almost like one A, one B, one C, like the three of them, that family. They're all incredible. They're all equally important. It's one of those things that, like, you know, we last saw him as a child actor. And, um, you know, we're talking, I remember, like, when we were talking about the Sandlot episode, uh, how, like, you know, how are people going to recognize these kids like 30 years later or something? Whereas Kihi Kwan, when I showed my friend the trailer recently, he immediately was like, oh, is that short round? <laughs> yeah. He does. So, he's, they still, he still keeps that distinct, like, he still has the that voice boyish too. charm. He does look a lot like Jackie Chan, though. Well, um, we didn't touch about this. Jackie Chan was originally supposed to be Michelle Yao um, when they were first writing this. So they realized it'd probably be more better and more personal if it was instead the wife as the central. Mother-daughter relationship. Yeah, yeah, mother-daughter relationship too. So I think they made the right choice. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Ah, Are you ready, comedy partner? Waka waka. I have no idea how they would film it. I legitimately have no clue how they could even make this possible. But if they ever make a Muppet adaptation of it, it'll be better than this movie. Without a question <laughs> and a doubt. This would be a it, it perfect would... Muppet adaptation of a movie. This is easily the like 
best uh, version of would this movie work as a Muppet adaptation for us? Because this movie is so just, like we said, zany and cartoony and just like in some points where it's just fucking hilarious and it would work. Uh, I don't know who would be the lead. Um, would Michelle Yao just, would it just be Michelle Yao and the rest are Muppets? Yeah, I think that's what you have to go with. I, I don't even know a comedic one that you could go. Actually, if you kept James Hong, um, you could keep James Hong there. The the cutaway of of him eating the uh, eating the, the cup, yogurt, the yogurt or the pudding or whatever. Basic, yeah, yeah. Basically, Michelle, yeah, I was like, oh, "Where's my father? Where is he?" At the IRS office after like the first attack happens, and he's just sitting in the kitchen eating. <laughs> just cuts to him eating pudding in the kitchen. Yeah. I'm like. <laughs> Perfect old man in a wheelchair. You couldn't ask for anything more. Yeah. Yeah. You'd probably have to keep Michelle Yao and maybe make an exception and keep Stephanie Hugh as Joy and then everything else. Because it, 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 it would just be weird if everyone else was Muppets. But I mean, like, it, it wouldn't be out of, like, you wouldn't be shocked if this movie, like, one of the multiverses was, oh, they're all Muppets. You know, yeah. That, that could have easily worked. <laughs> Where just, just all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'm a puppet. <laughs> if this partnered with, if they had more of a partnership or relationship with Disney, I'm sure they, if some communication was made, hopefully the, the Daniels seem like they like a lot of things. Hopefully they are like us Muppet enthusiasts and hoping for a return to the Muppets. I see that they're going to be a commenting on the Steph Curry show. Like I think it's called Big Shot or something. It's one of those like. Oh no, it's uh, Holy Moly. Or Holy Moly. Like yeah, the... those terrible game sh- summer game shows that are just. That yeah. To film. They're going to be on it with Rob Riggle because that's how Rob Riggle posts that today. That's the, fir- <laughs> that's the first time I've, uh, I've been like, oh, maybe I'll check it out. Uh, like I got to see what my boys. I, I watched see- it once. I mean, it's a good background show. I mean, there's just so yeah. much random shit. There's yeah. a show now that are called what, uh, Is It Cake? Which, uh, whatever. Yeah, that's a whole other tangent. <laughs> yeah. So. So, uh, Tommy, give me a score. Okay. I'm really glad that I saw this the second time because uh, the first time I saw it, honestly, wasn't the best circumstances. I was very tired from a week, weekend full of travel. Um, so oh, I poor was Tommy. very tired. I know, I know. Poor me. I had to travel 14 hours in three days. Uh, but anyways, the second time I watched this, you know, I wasn't as tired during the third act, so I was able to process everything more. And I just realized more of the enriched themes and more of the elevated comedy, Michelle Yao gives off a perfect performance. Kihi Kwan, like we said, just uh, so multi-faced and so like just able to give off so many different performances right there. So this was very zany. I can't wait to rewatch this and find like the little, I'm sure there's a million Easter eggs in this movie that we haven't even thought of to begin with. So this is going to be a fun rewatchable, I, I'm sure. So I'm going to give this a 4.5 out of 5 and um, I can't wait to watch this again. So I love this movie. Truly, I love this movie. Um, this is the most fun I've had watching a movie in years. I Probably since I saw Into the Spider-Verse, I haven't liked a movie in the theaters as much as I've enjoyed, as much as I enjoyed this. Those and, multiverse movies, he, uh, just gave. <laughs> well, Spider, Spider-Verse is different animal. They, that was just, that was all style and, and grace you know this doesn't it has a similar story element, but yeah this is, um give me my review get out of here damn get out <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll i like how tommy started talking i'll mute and then hit the mute button in the middle of his sentence that's going to be a fun listen for the audience <laughs> anyway anyway go back on mute go back on mute you this movie i have no qualms with which is very rare because I'm kind of a nitpicky asshole a lot of times when I'm watching movies. 
Tommy, at least if you're going to say, yeah, don't mute yourself right after. Jesus Christ, you're ruining my review. <laughs> I think you're just doing it unintentionally, you troll. Oh, yeah, no, no, I'm just trolling this point. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right finish. So the, this, anyway, as I was saying, Thomas, you know, I have to give him his like mother's voice where I have to say Thomas, Adam, being a bad boy over there. Going to put you in timeout. Anyway, this movie, I felt was flawless for what it was it delivered a really powerful emotional story built by the characters on a really zany and wild science fiction story elements they're able to explain that to the audience without taking too much time and without it being a mess it's very concise it's very to the point this movie for me five out of five and getting haven't seen its first ever. Call myself a cognac. Uh. And I watch the 14 fists of McCluskey. <laughs> what a picture. What a picture. Good, good picture. If a movie ever gets that award from me, you know for a fact you're in for a hell of a good time. Good thing that like I had a similar uh, review to you because that would have been awkward if I give us like a two out of five and you give us a five out of five. <laughs> well, we wouldn't be doing the podcast anymore if you gave this a two out of five, Tommy, because you'd be kicked off and I'd be finding a replacement. So it's like, ah, uh, who has better movie taste? Fuck. <laughs> didn't have enough uh, slash violence horror. Why wasn't it like Friday the Thirteenth? I, I, I don't get it. Well, eh. that's my that's, that's, that's my Tommy impression. Anyway, Tommy. Any final thoughts? Anything else you want to add? Uh, as always, you know, um, follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram, seen it pod, um, and give us five star reviews. It really helps out the pod. Um, if you want to see other movies that are reviewed, check out my letterbox, CZ squared uh, 77. So that'll do it. Please, if you've seen this movie in theaters already, go see it again. Support movies like this. It's awesome when movies like this get released that don't come around as often as they should anymore. And we'll be back with you next time.